just once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinemus Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinemus Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film.
Welcome to the 392nd, I think, consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who has to come to you live with a legally derived hemp high. Mostly because the state's a bunch of fucking assholes that won't legalize recreational use for actual marijuana, but can't really argue with what's going on with the federal government because they use the same bullshit excuse to be able to keep guns going and to lessen and lessen all of the restrictions on guns in the state. But none of that fucking matters, even though my co-host, Matt, will tell you otherwise. Oh, there are UFOs in the sky. Everyone wants to shoot them down. The world's going to come to the end, and I'm just going to spend the rest of my day drinking, smoking cigars, and barbecuing. It's going to be great. <laughs> you are By hosting the way, a I, superb owl. I, I didn't know. I didn't think you were going to get through that uh, uh, high-o at the very beginning. Really? Why not? Yeah, I, I don't know. It started off, just sounded a little bit off. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to cough his way through it. But no, man, you did it. Oh, you did it. <laughs> I think that's good. I was proud. Yeah, I think that might be the digitization. Like the Zoom thing does a great job of recording directly uh, and like locally on your side. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. It it just your voice just went deeper and growlier for a minute and then Ah. it went back to normal. Like you caught it. It wasn't anything digital. It was Ah. was just you did things different. Yeah, well, I uh, well, I uh, actually had a uh, lung full of uh, hemp (laughs) derived. Oh, well. So, (laughs) yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, I mean, he's probably going to be okay. Yeah, that's usually how I do it is that I actually just uh, go in and and do that whole uh, (laughs) get high at the intro of the show. Sometimes you can hear me cough while we're waiting for the stuff to play. And then whenever I feel like I'm just doing okay enough, then I go ahead and uh, do the show intro with the hello and however much lung power I have left uh, with the lung full of smoke and however much I've held in a huge hit, then, you know, that's about how long the hello lasts. But yes, it does often act like uh, what is the gas that's the opposite of helium that makes your voice sound like a demon do you oh yeah i, I forget which I, I one it is the name of it. Yeah, yeah but there's there's a gas that'll do that where it just basically makes you sound like you're belching from the pit of hell and uh my- sometimes the weed smoke does that i mean legally derived yeah. hemp high smoke does that to me but i yeah i got mad because my fucking i i have a little vape pen for that and it just shut i like got two uses out of it now it won't work on me anymore and i'm a little pissed about that but man i found these gummies I have to, they come in bare, they're big square gummies. I have to cut them into force because even just, I took half the first time and fuck, fuck my whole next day up too. I was just, it was something else. (laughs) Now I just take a quarter of it and sleep like a baby. It's great. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I still, I take mine to sleep. So I still use CBD to try and help me pass out at night. But basically what I do is as soon as I'm done working, if I ain't got nothing else to do, I just start hitting the legally derived hemp stuff. I'll I'll take, I'll take a corner. Yeah. I'll take a corner. If if, uh, the wife and I are going to do a movie night and the new uh, projection screen, I'll pop a corner of that still just to enjoy a movie and and just hang out if I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, you got to do that well in advance. That's the thing I don't like about the edibles. Yeah, because it takes about four hours to get the full effect in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is which is okay if you're taking that to go to sleep or whatever. That's especially sleep. Sleep is perfect. Oh, man, I'm, I'm out. And then, you know, it just I'm done. This is great. I just toke up literally all night until I finally pass out. Like I have to smoke myself to sleep and uh, it's getting kind of expensive at the amount of, uh, cause, yeah. cause I, I'm kind of an old pro at this for those of you that don't know, like, you know, I've been a weed yeah. smoker for quite a while 
and the legally derived hemp stuff like the Delta 8s and the Delta 9-0 or whatever the fuck all these various things are, ain't as strong as what I'm used to. So it takes me a lot more to keep that feeling going and uh, to how it actually help me go to sleep and all of that. So it's like giving someone the lower percentage alcohol light beer that they force down people's throats in like Utah because they have regulations yeah. where you have to go to the club to get the higher percentage alcohol beer. I, I'm just going to say it. Seriously, nothing good is ever come out of utah <laughs> maybe the I, i'm jazz. sorry no 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 oh, the team utah not is, the jazz like the music yeah yeah but, but I, the only good thing i mean there's nothing good coming out of utah the only things that come out of utah are all the different branches of mormonism which usually are just excuses to molest young girls and uh and try to overt power over them and uh, then not drinking. So it's the only two things that come out of Utah and they both suck. By the way, I don't like Mormonism. And yes, I have a huge problem with it. Sorry if that offends anybody. Well, there's that. And then there's the Catholicism where the two of them should work together for don't. their mutual love of molesting yeah, children. I don't I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, it's been a weird uh, couple like of I years. Said, I'm a recovering Catholic. Yeah, you, uh, you really like, the, even at the start of this show, you would still sort of somewhat defend. But like some of the stuff you knew you definitely couldn't. Like uh, all of the clergy molestation stuff you always had an no, issue with, but never like, would. But you yeah. were trying to like say that it can't be the whole church like ages and ages ago. And then when everybody pretty much found out that it is, that's pretty much when you went full recovering Catholic where you're like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. Fuck this. And it was on and the- it doesn't affect me being religious. I'm still religious. It just I'm just not Catholic because <laughs> it's it's an organization to make money. It has nothing to do with spirituality anymore. It's, it's an organization to make money. Same thing with Mormonism, although they now do retreats and shit to try to force third world countries into believing in their horseshit. <laughs> Let's just agree that all organized religion was only ever put together as a way to manipulate people and make money. Control and, and been, money. It's been that way since its very inception all it, the way back. Yeah. In my, in, in my opinion, it first was created for control and power. And then when they realized they could actually make some money out of it, and make governments go, oh, yeah, we won't tax churches. Then all of a sudden it really blew up. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. The very first useless fucker that was in the tribe that had no other purpose yeah. and couldn't really do anything to participate or make anything better. Just started making up lies and bullshitting people and doing yeah. great showmanship and keeping them entertained and making them believe that horrible things were happening so that they Pat could get Oswald some of the resources. Has a great joke about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I love Pat Oswald's joke. All right. But yeah, fuck it. Yeah. We're not here to talk about this. Get, be on our soapboxes. Yeah. Well, getting up on our soapboxes and bagging on religion seems to be our main vice right yeah it really is kind of yeah <laughs> so since we're talking about the strange vice of miss ward it's okay for us to Ooh. indulge our vices a little bit as well <laughs> oh the way you just segued huh <laughs> fuck i am at full mask right now that was beautiful now we what have that we have covered a movie that i have confused with this all the time right i always confuse the that strange so, vice yeah. of mrs ward i confuse it with the your vice is a locked room and only i have the key because they're similar yeah. titles they both have uh edwick fennigan I think, or or perhaps I can't 100%. Well, and remember. I remember you saying the name of this movie before because I remember when I saw it, I'm like, is this one we already reviewed as well? And I was like, God, is this going to be a thing now? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And then I watched it. I'm like, no, I've never seen this. And I go, but why have I heard the title? It's not like I know a ton of movies from the 70s. Right. And I, and, I think uh, I mentioned like, it oh, when I we covered. Court must have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. I think I mentioned it when we covered um, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. Because yeah. it's the same yeah. producers, I think. And I'm pretty sure Edward Fennick was in that. But she played like the younger role that was like sort of being the temptress and the love interest. And there's some similar 
similar themes going back and forth. It shares some of the same actors from those movies, and it shares the same producer. Sergio Martino did a lot of these kind of giallos, and Edward Fennick was in a lot of them as well. And I thank him for that and her for being in these because yeah. I got a thing for Edward Fennick that will not go away ever. Well, that's that's adorable. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, this week we're talking about The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. This Blu-ray print I believe we got from Severn Films, and it looked amazing. Uh, the All of the detail was there. Uh, the film grain transfer, everything about it looked exactly how I was expecting it to look for the era that it came out in. You know, like yeah. I imagine this is what it would feel like to watch it in theaters. I regret I had to do the coverage on the TV upstairs. I should have just set up I- in the cold old ass basement and watched it on the projector. I almost I almost plugged it into my projector just to watch it because I got that same feel, but I also <laughs> did not do that. <laughs> what a bunch of fuck-ups we are. All right, so this yeah. week on the Pirate Radio Edit, all the songs are going to have something to do with vices. Oh, I'm sure there's no songs about those. I mean, holy shit, that's all that fucking music is, is about vices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that absolutely is the case. If you really think about it, anything can be a fucking vice. Yeah, and one of the songs actually isn't necessarily about a vice. It's just sort of a spoiler for the end of the movie, so that's going to be at the very end of the episode after we say goodbye and uh but everything else is going to either be vice in the title or talking about having a vice in some way shape or form or being related to somebody with a vice but we'll get into that whenever we get in there let's just actually talk about the movie so here's the legion patreon ad and up first we're talking about a family member with a vice this is throw rag with mama's vice right after this this will keep it quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you caught me cutting a new show I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
boy. So I wonder what Mama's vice is that they're talking about. But if she's got her hand in the honey jar, I think I know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I think all yeah, of you right? should, too. Right. Everyone should know what that is. <laughs> oh, brother. That's a throw rag talking about Mama's specific uh, vice and what a strange song to write. I'm hoping that's not autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> really that would be disturbing. Yeah, I do not want that to be autobiographical no. at all. <laughs> Please don't be. Just be something you made up or <laughs> read about the news. <laughs> Just like the tale of the strange vice of Mrs. Ward. All right, so the we, I did this a little differently. I broke it into acts, so it's the first half hour, okay. second half hour, last 40 minutes. It's the three acts of like a play, three acts of a film. That's how I'm going to do it. So here we go. Film starts with a dude trolling for hookers as the opening credits and title roll. He picks the one prostitute that he wants, and the pair go off driving together somewhere secluded. As Standard John, yeah, <laughs> uh, lady of the night type shit. Yeah, as you're wont to do whenever you hire a prostitute, you want to take her yeah. somewhere where no one can see what you're about to do. I mean, yeah, don't don't want any narcs getting a hold of that shit. Go away for a long time with that. The lady pops her top, so thank you, movie, but she is immediately well, slashed to death, so no thank you, movie, that ruined yeah, it. Fuck you, goddamn it, movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, I never know what the movies are, and, you know, so you see the title, and you're like, all right, maybe it's going to be one of those sexy movies, and then he starts killing them, and I'm like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> all of this is drowned out by the noise of the landing plane, and the film pauses and scrolls out some fucking text. I took a photo of that, so everybody give me a second to pull that up all right <laughs> there is a Sigmund lot Freud. this is a this is a multiple fucking uh media review because yeah, i have photos you. i have photos of their text and i have over 20 clips <laughs> that's that oh 20 clips yeah, i have what? 20 fucking clips all right here we go holy shit all right well let's get going then i, I get, didn't know we we're gonna listen to the whole fucking movie the very emphasis of the commandment thou shalt not kill makes it certain that we are descended from an endlessly long chain of generations of murderers whose love of murder was in their blood as it is perhaps also in ours that is from sigmund freud yes so they cut from this to edwick finnick is on screen arriving at the airport i'm already exhausted from typing and that is our first of 20 clips what did you type Ah, welcome back to Vienna. Julie, we've missed you both. It is so good to see the two of you again. We were afraid you were called to Washington for good. Well, we certainly didn't expect to be gone so long, did we, Julie? should say not. One more party would have killed us. Bring me later at the embassy, will you? Uh, which reminds me, our foreign minister would like to see you. Huh? It seems that it's a matter your ambassador would prefer to have handled through his first secretary. I'm sorry, darling. I'm afraid that means I'll have to let you go home on your own. I'll put you in a taxi. You needn't bother. Regards to His Excellency. I hope you forgive our kidnapping your husband the instant he arrives. Only a diplomat's wife knows how expendable a diplomat is. Kramerstrasse 81. What's the idea? Guten Abend. Dokumente bitte. Jawohl. Here. I'm sorry, madam, but I must see yours too. But why? A girl was murdered a half hour ago along the airport boundary. Was it the sex fiend? Yes, and he's still using the razor. You can go. Good enough. They shouldn't have given that killer all those free ads in the press and on TV. Now he thinks he's got to go on with the killings to live up to his reputation. I suppose a man might commit an isolated crime like that even if he was sane, but never a series of them. You know what I say? I say they ought to legalize the death penalty again, and then some of these perverts would get what they deserve. Yeah, 
the sex perverts would really get what they deserve. Okay, so in the framing of perverts and sex perverts of this film, they're referring to people who slash women up uh, for, you know, whatever purpose instead of having sex with them. So I'm okay with him wanting someone who slashes women up like that to get the death penalty if it were awarded. But uh, that's a little right leaning for me. That well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. Uh, listen, uh, I I don't know what that guy sounded. What, what do you think he was? I don't know French. No, I think they're supposed to be in Germany. So I think he's German. In Germany, yeah, and now uh, that when the German starts definitely... talking like that, I get a little worried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that that's on track for Germany. I was going to say if he was French, it would be on track for French too. I mean, they're the ones who brought out the guillotines. You know what I mean? (laughs) After this, Edwick's character has a flashback of an encounter where Isaac Asimov and her have an argument in a car during a rainstorm. She runs away from the car only to fall and have Razumov chase her down and slap the ever-loving shit out of her and then forcibly somewhat assault her. It's really fucking unclear if this is a game for them that they play at this point or if it's just a straight up assault but either way it's real uncomfortable and no thank you movie yeah no thank you movie it cuts from this back to modern story as and fennec has a hard time dealing with that memory as the cab pulls away i think the cab driver gets um like a horn honked at him or something along those lines and that's what snaps her out of it i didn't really pay attention to it i just know that she snaps out of it as the car pulls away yeah. It must make it to her destination because she gets out of the cabin hall. Thank fuck there is dialogue and our next clip. What do I owe you? A hundred thirty shillings. Here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank back, Mrs. Vaughan. Oh, Anton, thank you. It's a great pleasure to see you again. Your apartment has been kept in perfect order. Has anyone gone in there in the last couple of minutes? No, Mrs. Ward. Are you expecting someone? The maid won't be coming till tomorrow. Don't worry about your luggage. I'll take care of it. Thank you. During the clip, she thinks she sees that dude Razamoth is playing in the car and then is up in her apartment feeling alone as she gets nude and preps a bath. So thank you, movie, for that. Thank you, movie. The doorbell rings, so she throws on a robe to go answer it and is very pensive about doing so. It appears to be a flower delivery and her luggage as well. She tips the dude and checks the card on the flowers, and it's someone named Jean. This appears to leave a strange response that is hard to gauge as Mrs. Ward has become rather blank there. Great. Now it's all, it's a whole thing with Jean. They cut from this to a big party as Mrs. Ward berates her husband. Holy shit, it's our next clip. Neil, I understand. But at least you might be able to pick me up and try not to make it too late. No, I'm not mad at you, Neil, even though Carol started referring to me as the Widow Ward. In the three days we've been back, you've only been able to spend one evening with me. So don't make me wait too Julie. late. Julie, forget your husband. And look what I've brought you. He just flew in today from Australia with the most fantastic news. The old gag about the sheep herder, Uncle, is true. He left us apart. I must say I'd grown quite fond of all of John. And the ridiculous part is that until today, I'd never heard of George, and neither of us had heard of Uncle John. And we're the only heirs. Huh? That means you're cousins? Distant cousins. I mean, we are, according to the lawyer in Sydney. The old god cashed in his chips without a will, and they couldn't find any other relations. Uh, what should I say? Condolences or congratulations? Just say, glad to know you. Glad to know you. Beautiful. Let's have champagne to celebrate. Celebrate our meeting. 
No, Lord, for uncle's death, without which I never would have met you. <laughs> Julie, don't try to steal the most handsome cousin I have. I mean it. Ah, pink champagne. Her clothes are made of paper, so they say. Her undies, too? Of course her undies are real silly. What do you say we take a peek? Okay, I'll give it a yank. Hey, you weren't giving me this paper. Okay, so we were both wrong. It's not France or Germany. They're in Alabama. <laughs> At the end of the clip, two party-going ladies start ripping the dresses off of each other because they are made of some kind of paper. And this gets the whole party going as they play fight or actually fight mostly naked in front of the whole party. So thank you, movie? That's a thank you movie. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like a couple of ladies fighting and a titty come flopping out. Sorry. At the end of that bout, Mrs. Ward eyeballs the Razumov dude and goes to bitch out her friend. Thank fuck it's more dialogue and our next clip. Oh my God. <laughs> Carol, why did you invite Jean? Oh, he kept bugging me to find out when you'd be back. You know how Jean is. I told him to stay away and leave you alone, but he came anyway. What I'm leaving. Why? What's the difference? Julie, wait. Let go. I'll accompany you to your house in my MG. How friendly. And why not? Nothing unites people like a vice in common. Don't be such a fool, Jean. What was between us is over. Let me go. Julie. <laughs> please don't let him get away neil you know what that man's like pervert maniac after this we get another flashback of the perversions of mrs ward and asimov's character as he pours some kind of liquid on fennec's character i think it's champagne i couldn't tell or white wine yeah uh, the bottle didn't really let you know it could have been white wine or champagne given the shape you know yeah. She's like in bed and he's pouring this white sort of licorice or liquor from a bottle onto her. And then he shatters the bottle, covering her in the glass, even though thankfully they throw like uh, raw sugar on her or something like that instead. Mm-hmm. Instead of glass, because, you know, Edward Fennick does not need to have glass thrown at her. Thank yeah, you. We, don't, we don't need glass thrown at the young lady. Right. Thank you. So it covers her in glass, and then he cuts open her nightgown with the shard of the bottle, and he ends up cutting her chest, too. This, uh, this sa- Why are you doing that? This sadomasochistic relationship also seems quite one-sided, perhaps, too, because it seems like she's not aware of what's going on, but somehow just gets into it anyway. It does seem weird, like she's drugged or something. Well, anyway, they're fucking rolling around in the broken glass and this startles mrs ward awake and she wakes up her husband with a scream and our <laughs> hmm? huh? what is it a nightmare it was terrible but i'm all right now sorry i woke you julie tell me the truth what was it was it that man hmm? night night next time don't wear a paper dress just come naked <laughs> that's not a bad idea thanks for the ride see you Call me tomorrow. Okay. So it's at this point in my notes that I decide that from here on out, every piece of dialogue will now become a clip. Oof. Well, great. Let's just listen to the whole entire fucking movie then. Why even do a review? (laughs) That's kind of my feeling. That's why you need to take over full time again. (laughs) I can't do it, man. Not yet. (laughs) After the clip, the party goer lady decides to drop her coat and take a shower. So she is nude and thank you, movie. 
All right. <laughs> As she showers, a car pulls up and someone gets out and heads up her staircase all the while she showers. And we know this good nudity will be ruined very soon. Of course, because, you know, it's a thriller slash horror type. It's a thriller movie, not really a horror movie. But uh, yeah, it's a thriller movie. So, of course, no nakedness is ever going to be awesome nakedness. This person is apparently the killer as they pull out a razor and quickly slash the woman's throat and she falls dead in the shower. They cut from this to our sixth place. Hey, officer. Wait just a minute. You're blocking traffic. You'll pay it now? No, I'll take it. That's fine. Thank you. I need it. You see, Julie, Vienna has more than 1,000 cops. And as a collector, I intend to make sure I get everybody's autograph. <laughs> Carol, you must really be crazy. <laughs> Don't be silly. Why, once I went to bed with a man who collected women's underwear. And the only reason he went to bed with me is because he thought I was wearing falsies. Vita, the Abendblatt. Thanks. Let me see. Another girl slashed to death. We should be grateful. He's eliminating all of our competition. <laughs> it's the usual stuff. I don't read it. But if I don't buy a paper, I feel I'm missing something. How I envy you, Carol. You're always so relaxed and good-natured. Well, why not, Julie? I take things as they come. When it's good, I enjoy it. When it's bad, I don't think about it. I only married Neil to get rid of Jean. I believed that Neil was quiet, but like a rock. And he's not, so I'm alone. He's your husband, darling. And you can't expect everything from only one man. Carol, skip it. Listen, you managed to put someone between you and Jean. Neil makes a wall to protect you. He should, and he doesn't. A wall is no use against Jean. What I need is protection against myself. Excuse me, Mrs. Ward. You have a caller who's waiting to see you. I showed him into the salon. I don't want to see anyone. Actually, it was Mr. Ward he wanted, but when I said he was out, the gentleman said he'd wait to see you. Oh, well, if it's Jean, we'll throw him out, Julie. Come on, it'll be fun. Lovely. Well, look who's here, the handsome cousin. My husband's not here. I'm sorry, Julie. Carol mentioned that your husband knows all about international monetary funds. I thought he could advise me. Try the embassy. He won't be home till late, I'm sorry. The fact is, I'm not sorry at all. Because it was only a ploy I thought up so I could see you again. I assume you're saying that in all sincerity. Last night, our celebration was interrupted before it began. Trying to get to know you, I've got to pick up where you left off. Listen, handsome cousin, we go for quick stuff. If you like the girl, and considering the time, you'd better start all over again with a steak. Mr. Uh... My name is George. Why worry about it? There'll be other occasions when you can talk to my husband. You dig? I dig plenty. Meaning you worry too much about it. My specialty is courting ladies in the presence of their husbands. Oh, come on, you two. Let's go eat. Thank you, anyway. It was sweet of you to invite me to Barry's to dine. <laughs> Good heavens, I could never afford to invite anyone to Barry's. Only now that I've become an heiress, I thought I would. Why do you treat him that way? Because he thinks he's irresistible. And men like that leave me utterly cold. I, cousin or not, I'd go with him. All right. Let's go eat. Tables are all taken. I admit three of them are still unoccupied, but uh, all three have been engaged by a gentleman. We'll just have to starve. In the midst of plenty, the beef is the finest in town. 
shall we? But there's no room. What do you mean, no room? I reserved three tables. There, there, and the one in the corner. Was it a mistake? No, if it's that important. I think it is. And I was afraid I'd have to do without my bratwurst. So we'll be sitting together, it seems. Where, here? No, back in the corner. For me, the usual. Whatever Carol's having suits me. Then we'll have three of Carol's usual. This will make you think of me sometime when you bite into an apple. Ah, forbidden fruit. I'll make you... Promises, promises. Anyway, you've mistaken everything. It's Eve who has to offer the apple. Fräulein Brandt, you want it on the telephone. Be right back. Bitte. Carol got the idea. Looks like you did, too. That mean you're planning to eat me up, Julie? No. I ate you up already. Hello, indigestion. Excuse me, people. I have to go. In any case, you're far better off alone. With your apple. But, Carol, I'll call you later. Bye. I'll be glad to take you wherever you want. To the taxi stand. says take me home immediately you fucking take her home shit uh and then second of all god damn that one guy is so swarmy he's like I, he chooses to court women in front of their husbands what a jackass yeah well you know <laughs> dudes like that actually do exist yes oh definitely yeah oh big time they exist <laughs> all right this leads into a mad pastoral bike ride of the guy speeding around the country roads with julie he seems convinced he has her won over with his bullshit playboy charms and it seems having her crotch ride a vibrating bike all afternoon may have been fun for her uh no yeah duh. no right <laughs> they finally get back to her apartment it's called science they finally get back to her apartment and that is our seventh clip man we're not even halfway through i owe you an apology you're rather a nice person no you were right about me in the first place hiding your true nature is quite a strain thanks anyway it was really great it was just what i needed ciao Hello? Julie, would it surprise you if I told you I love you? No, please, George, don't be ridiculous. People don't say things like that anymore. I already expressed my thanks for a fun day. So why can't we just leave it like that? Don't spoil it. George, you're offended because I won't see you. But it's simply because, well, I like you too much. You mustn't phone me anymore. Promise? All right, Julie. I promise I won't telephone anymore. How did you get in? At the front door. It was open. But why? I wanted to make it clear that I'm in love with you. And I'm not accustomed to hiding my intentions. George, I beg you not to complicate my life. I'm not really the girl you knew today. What you really are doesn't matter to me. It's what I can see and feel that counts. Come on in. No, not now. 
I must go, George. All right. Whatever you say. Shall I take you home? <laughs> What's wrong? He scared me so. What do you mean? Take me away from here. Where to? Wherever you want. They head into his apartment, and that is the end of the first half hour of the film. I mean, she's getting ready to cheat on her husband. Well, she clearly stated whenever he invited her in, not now. Not, it's not going to happen. She said, not now. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. That just means it's not going to happen now. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. She's she's completely and utterly going to cheat on her husband. But she's also supposed, I mean, this is not an excuse, but she is supposedly neglected. He leaves her just sitting in the apartment. That is also true. She's more or less a trophy wife that he's even kind of seemed to grown tired of. Yeah, because he's some sort of diplomat. No, you're not wrong. So there are, there are problems in that marriage. I was just saying she, she's totally getting raged. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no argument there at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, she's yeah, yeah. Some dudes just like laying on the fucking charm, like fucking peanut butter and a piece of bread. <laughs> you ready to move on, or do you have more to say? Yeah. Nope. I'm I'm good. All right. So the next thirty starts with them in his apartment, and they're still talking. So that is our next clip. It's not exactly luxurious, but it suits me fine. As a matter of fact, I only come here to sleep. So that one I thought would have been longer, but it went into a sex scene, and uh, I still regret nothing. Uh, no, it's fine. I liked how short that was. They start getting after it, and the film cuts to a car pulling up, and what appears to be the killer gets out and stalks up to the crash space where Mrs. Ward is getting her vice on, if you know what I mean. And I think Yeah. Bounce. Chicka wow We see them through peeping Tom vision fucking on dude's couch, so I guess thank you movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thank you movie. Everyone's having a good time. The peepers this is all this is all above board. This is uh I mean uh, I'm not really above board. She she is cheating on her, her husband, but it, it's all consensual is what I'm saying. That marriage is more or less over, and this was just the nail in the coffin. I think so. I uh, uh, Marriage didn't seem like there was any love there anyway. Fuck it. The Peeper seems to be Asimov's character, but it may be that he is not the killer and just after her, we're not really sure. But anyway, they cut from this to Mrs. Ward gets flowers and a card. And now I have to pull up that photo. And the photo says, now I know you're trying to get away from me, but your vice is like a room locked from the inside and only I have the key. Hey, hey, wait, hold on. What? Yeah, that was on the card. I just read it off. Yeah, it was that that was it a thing. It was a thing. We saw that already. <laughs> now I think I know where the confusion is coming from because it's yeah, written right? on the card. Yeah. yeah. So. What the hell is that all about? And that leads to our ninth clip. <laughs> Your admirer's name is Anonymous. Be nice if he turned out to be you. But diplomats usually only romance diplomats. Julie. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing. For some time now, I felt as if I were always in the wrong, as if I failed you. Are you neglected? Try being frank, Julie. Are you discontented? I'm more than contented. All right. Now she's, she's lying to her husband. She's lying. Yeah. 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 She's not more than contented right now. Diplomat runs off and someone is watching and it ain't Asimov's dude either. Mrs. Ward gets another call and this time it is from the killer in our 10th clip. Hello. Is this Julie Ward? Yes. Who's this? That exhibition you and your lover put on. I want to congratulate you on certain imaginative and rather deviant practices, which I'm sure your eminently respectable husband has never suspected you of. You must be mad. Is this Shaw? The name would mean nothing to you, but this will. I want 20,000 shillings, Mrs. Ward. 
Or the first secretary of the American embassy will receive a detailed account of how his wife made love to a certain Georges Courot. It's Jean, I know. You can't hide your voice. I know it too well. Mrs. Ward, I will expect you at sunset at the south entrance of Palman House at Schoenbrunn Palace. Come alone and bring 20,000 shillings. But I didn't know what else to do. When I saw that black MG, I was terrified it was Jean's. So I went into George's flat. Naturally, you wanted to go to bed with him. And being afraid of Jean was the excuse. Oh, come on, Carol. Okay, there's a certain amount of truth in what you say. However, the problem is still that telephone call. You think it was Jean? Who knows? Did you see the TV? They talked about that maniac. I discovered that the last of his victims was that little bitch at the party. I hope it's not Jean. He also has that kind of car. Carol, please don't. But no, he goes with whores. Jean doesn't. What kind of voice was it? Like I said, not like Jean's. Like when you disguise your voice so it's unrecognizable. That means if he had only spoken to you with his normal voice, you would have recognized him. It's probably Jean. He's the type. But you know, I don't see what the problem is. Why should you care whether Neil knows? He's modern, isn't he? I mean, if you like George, who cares about what Neil thinks, or Jean for that matter? It sounds so simple, but I don't know yet whether I mean anything to George or what he means to me either. I wanted to call him early this morning, only I didn't know the number. And of course he didn't call. The point is, I don't want Neil to find out this way. He doesn't deserve that. Listen, Ducky, you have too many problems. I'll give you the number. Neil's had you in his bed for a year. Don't you think that's enough to pay for his sorrow? You bitch, you always got to be so tough. <laughs> I feel for you, hon. But that's the way the world goes. What's so weird about that? I hate cold undies. In any case, Jean or no Jean, you mustn't go to that appointment. Where'd he say? Palman House, Schoenbrunn. Sunset, meaning at six. And I bring shillings. I will go. You... No. It'd be too big a risk. You'd be foolish to get yourself involved that much. No, I'll enjoy it. And look, it's bound to be Jean. And I'll laugh right in his face. And if it's not Jean, if it's the one who... The who? The maniac in the papers? Well, that means I'm in great danger. Because I am a pushover. Can't you ever be serious? Have you had lunch? All right, then, come on. There's a little bar down the street that'll make you forget you're on a diet. Come on. Don't make that silly face. So remember that, fellas. If she spends a year sleeping with you, that's free game. She gets to do whatever she wants. <laughs> the film cuts from this to the friend waiting at the location to drop off the cash and then cuts back and forth from this location and Mrs. Ward smoking a cigarette pensively while watching some kind of motorcycle race. She shuts off the TV and stares as we watch this and it's obvious she is terrified for her friend. They cut back from this to her friend waiting to pay the blackmail maybe and nothing is happening until some town crier guy walks by ringing a bell saying that the place is closing time it's closing time for this place and she needs to go or whatever closing time <clears throat> yeah whatever so she gets up and heads out <laughs> to the hedge area the film follows her out and we see a man emerge from the shrubs which she hears and gets scared by before continuing on the path she gets startled by someone in the shrubs and notices it is the groundskeeper and relaxes they start talking thank christ i'm sick of typing here's our next clip excuse me i had an appointment at the palman house 
And I wonder if you could show me... Certainly, it is down that path. But I advise you to hurry, Fraulein. The gates are about to close. And you wouldn't want to find yourself locked in. Thank you. Good madam. She continues on the path and is menaced <laughs> by the killer. <laughs> they come out and do a full slashing of her and take their time carving her up. The ground... You legit could just type out the guy told her they were closing soon? <laughs> no. The groundskeeper finally... I had already recorded it. I'm not going back. The groundskeeper finally hears it and finds her corpse... As several other men converge, they start talking, and that's our 12th clip. <laughs> what is going on? What was all that yelling? Can you tell us anything? No, I didn't see anything. I only heard that poor girl screaming. She asked me how to get to the south entrance of Palmen House. Said she was to meet someone there. That's all I know. These simple little creatures are my only friends, Commissioner. And their company is infinitely to be preferred to that of any so-called humans I've ever known. We understand that you were a close friend of Carol Brandt since you first met her five or six years ago. And we need every scrap of information we can get concerning her and the people she associated with. I'm sorry, but I must ask you to come down to headquarters. Your statement is required. <coughs> to one accustomed to cages, the police are no problem. All right, sir. Let's get moving. This metal dumb is really required. Mrs. Ward, is this the man you spoke about? Yes. Meaning you believe that he is the razor killer we are hunting? You silly girl. You're convinced that I'm the one who slit all those white throats. Yes, you're capable of anything. He also has a black car, just like the one they reported, nearby the scene of each crime. You are ravishing today. But I know you wrote the messages in those bouquets. Bouquets? The lady and our commissioner had been on somewhat uh, intimate terms until she married another man, so now I send flowers, hoping that roses and poetry may make her recall the happy times. I loathe you. The only thing I cannot bear is indifference. Your best emotion is violent, raging hatred. Love is nothing compared to that. Mrs. Ward. You stated that a blackmailer telephoned you and that your friend Carol went to the appointment in your place. Quite certain that you would find your mutual friend, right? A voice on the telephone. Was it this man's voice? It was disguised. It could have been anybody. Hmm. But Carol said it had to be Jean, because an unknown wouldn't need to disguise his voice. Yeah. The only thing wrong with that theory is he was in a bowling alley on the opposite side of town at exactly the time that your girlfriend, Carol, was being murdered. I'm terribly sorry. Incidentally, Commissioner, may I suggest you examine her alibi? That's really sick. You see, Commissioner, Julie Ward doesn't have a car, but she does have a blood fetish that turns her on. Who's to say the killer is not a woman? You're a... A man who met all your demands for more than two years. Drop it. I don't like your sex habits. Better that way. May I go now? I'm a busy man. Certainly. Both of you, free to go. Send the other one in now. What's his name? George Courreau. So they brought you in, too. Now I understand why my roses no longer have any effect on you. George Courreau. I must see you, Julie, at my house at five. Julie, I came as soon as I... Take me home. I have to speak to your husband. And I'm taking you away. Away from the city for good. No, George. Not yet. After they catch the one who killed Carol. And we shouldn't be seen together today. 
I'm sure they're watching us. The killer obviously knows already. But it doesn't scare you that it might have been you in place of Carol. Naturally. But I can't go into hiding. You mean that's not important to you? I don't know, George. Only without you, I don't think I'd have the courage to go on. Please, someone will see us, George. I'll take you home. No, I prefer not. Call you in the morning. After this, Mrs. Ward drives home and parks her car. There's there's a whole lot to unpack with that, though. (laughs) I mean, from the interview, it then... All right, my guy, when your police are interviewing you about a murder and your one of your responses is, you know, uh, hate and anger and murderous rage is way more important than love. Probably not the best thing to say in front of the investigating officer. Uh, that's just me. That's just me, though. After this, Mrs. Ward drives home and parks her car in the underground garage. She gets out and seems to be followed by someone waiting for her there. Bit of a stalking scene develops and car lights come on one by one, menacing her in the parking lot, although I don't know how one person who is supposed to be a killer could pull this off. Maybe this is just a paranoia reaction, considering that she senses she's being stalked. Not sure. It's just stylized well, also, and cool. Also, it's hard because she's also... a she has delusions, paranoid delusions. So a car, I don't know. A car starts up and nearly runs her over as she flings herself to the ground and out of the way. She makes it to the elevator and slams on the buttons, feeling threatened the whole time. As the elevator door opens, the killer is there to slash at her and misses as she darts off and the killer stumbles, dropping the razor in the process. She gets into her car or a car and locks the doors quietly, hoping he did not notice her getting in. (laughs) The killer looks for her as she watches him. She notices the keys in the car and drives it towards the elevator. Not sure this plan makes sense. Then runs in as the door closes. The black gloved hand of the killer reaches into the elevator as she hits the hand with her fists repeatedly until the hand disappears and the elevator door can close. She weeps on the way up and begs for help at the first stop of the elevator, which is actually her front door because her husband answers and tries to calm her. As it turns out, the person on the stairs was not the killer. That leads to our 13th clip. I mean, at least we're over half. Julie, where were you? What happened to you? Out of the garage. There was a man waiting to kill me with a razor. Was it Jean? Did you recognize him? I don't know. It was dark and he was all dressed in black. I think you're being influenced by those newspaper stories. Anyway, if it really was Jean, I'll fix him. No, don't go. Neil, that's foolish. We'll phone the police. I'm fed up, Julie. You can't go on living in fear of that maniac. I won't let you take a risk like that. You're my wife, and I care about you. Now tell me his address. I guess I'd better show you. Well, come on, then. You wait here for me. Neil! I said you weren't to come in. I was afraid. No current. And there's nobody home. Let's get out of here. With this, they go snooping through the house and are terrified by the screech of a superb owl and the noises (laughs) of a dog playing over an iguana. Ha, 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 you asshole. They search more and find a camera in an empty bedroom, so the husband takes it. They continue their snoop into the bathroom where some dripping noises are occurring and find Azimoth dude dead in the tub. This causes the missus to scream and nearly faint. Her husband carries her out of the building and helps her stand as she catches her breath, and that is the end of the first hour. 
Woo! Well, we're in it now, boys and girls. So they we, find this dead have, man together. Yeah, we have. Let, let's look in one hour. We have intrigue, affairs, murder, assholes. Some guy saying the exact wrong thing to cops that you probably shouldn't say, but cops are old bumbling dummies. And now you find a murder dude. It's just, and you hear the dripping, you knew it was going to be blood. It's fucking just fantastic. Was he murdered or was it supposed to be a suicide? It's hard to tell. Uh, yeah. E- either way, he's he's dead and it's not very attractive. He's most sincerely dead and he's been there for a while. He's very most sincerely dead. Now break out the fucking lollipop gang. I want a fucking lollipop, motherfucker. <laughs> Are we good? Do you want to finish this off? Uh, yeah, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. All right. I'm going to do the final 40 all in one go. Here we go. the final 40 starts with the husband leading mrs ward away from the house and they find that the dude's car is gone so he puts her in their car and finds some of the signature roses from a very dead asimov left in their car and the photos read because they wanted to know too much adam and eve were kicked out of paradise hmm Interesting. Husband looks around and dumps the flowers. It cuts from this to a victim's row in a dream sequence as the guilty conscience of Mrs. Ward gives her further nightmares of her abuse and the death that surround her. She is awoken to the image of the killer after her husband had the film developed. It is all blurry and looks all Bigfoot in its resolution, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Yeah. That leads to our 14th film. Wake up, Julie. I developed that photo. Look. The man in the garage. You're sure? Yes, I think so. But who is he? I don't know. He was dressed this way and wore dark glasses. This proves it wasn't John. You think this man is the one who killed Carol and those other girls? I'm only saying I suspected John because you were his mistress. Obviously, someone else entirely. Where are you going? Oh, Neil. I'm so scared. I'm going to police headquarters. This photograph might give them a lead. Hello. George. Why did you wait so long to call me? I'll tell you when I see you. Oh, come and get me. I can't take any more. George, come get me. I'm at the end of my rope and I want to go away. As far as possible. Anywhere. Suits me. I'll pack a bag and I'll be right with you. I'm taking you to Spain. I know a little place there that'll make you forget the rest of the world. When did she go? Shortly before noon, Mr. Ward. Auf Wiedersehen, Irene. Have fun in Sydney. Thank you. I'll call you when I get in again. Good night. Okay, good night. At the end of the clip, we hear the latest victim arrive home. She enters her apartment, and the killer is there waiting for her and hides. She gets a phone call and discusses her schedule for flights as the power goes out and the killer strikes and begins a slashing and defending battle. The face of the killer is revealed as he goes for the stewardess with a driving swipe of the razor. She pulls out a knife or a letter opener that was on the bedside table and stabs the dude using his own falling weight to sink that shit deep into his chest slice and dice while this is a killer who is now dead it can't be the killer who is menacing our heroine because there is still 34 fucking minutes left in the runtime yeah we got we got a lot of shit going on right now He falls dead, and our charming stewardess who defended herself successfully walks away. He leaps up to attempt to kill her again, and then falls dead for real maybe this time. I didn't really see if he kills her or not, but they made it sound like they both died in this, right? 
Well, yeah, on. I feel bad. Listen, that's why, you know, the zombie land says it. You got to double tap that shit. <laughs> you got to make sure. You know, listen, when you put someone down, you better make sure they're put down or else they're going to one little thing they want to do is take you down too. It cuts away from this to spear fishing scuba divers, which must be Fennec on the run. And that is our 15th clip. Not feeling well. Oh, no, it's nothing. Why did you come up then? Felt like being out in the warm sun. Why don't you go down again? I wouldn't think of cheating you out of your favorite sport. My favorite sport requires your participation. Talking about fucking. Yeah, once again, I thought they were going to have a conversation, but nope. With this, they get making with some boat fucking, and it's consensual, so thank you, movie. They get to making the love. They cut away from that to something I can use as a clip, so that is our next clip. (laughs) George, the razor killer has met his own end at the hands of his last victim. Well, it's over. End of the nightmare, darling. We'll make up for lost time. I'm famished. I'll go on ahead and start preparing lunch while you go to the bank and change dollars. Our pesetas are all gone. Take my car. I'll find a taxi. Don't get picked up. No. Here you are. Gracias. For you, senora. For me? Yes, that senor. He was there a moment ago. I wonder why he didn't wait. Ah, <laughs> uh, Why didn't he wait? At the end of the clip, we see the card, and that is the final photo medium that I took to do this review. Mm, Goddamn. It's just so media. I mean, we're so media savvy now. Seeing that the living don't bring flowers to the dead, the dead bring them to the living, Jean. Ooh. Mm, Spicy. (laughs) Mm. Let's get crazy. (laughs) And Mrs. Ward drops the flowers and runs off looking amazing as she does it. I mean, she really does. I mean, she is beautiful. That is a beautiful woman that you can't say that it isn't. This feels like it would be padding if I didn't love watching Fenecron so much. Yeah, right. It's almost like uh, Baywatch where, you you know, the running on the beach is padding, but it's all right. (laughs) She looks around for George and someone takes a pot shot at her with a fucking spear gun. Jesus. Which misses her and hits a truck tire, fucking up that poor driver's whole schedule for that fucking day. Uh I know that poor motherfucker. He's just, he's just trying to work. And all of a sudden a fucking spear. How are you supposed to explain that to your bosses, by the way? Hey, why were you late? I swear to God, it was a spear. A what? A spear. You lied. Say, I'm serious. It's a fucking spear. Fennec runs off again to the car and drives that shit. Like she stole it out of there. Yeah, man. She was like, that was fucking like fucking too fast, too furious. We see her hit the highway and then onto old roads far away from the incident and pull up to a villa or home where she looks amazing running even more on her way inside of the place. A villa. She catches her breath by the door and wanders into the house to hear a dripping sound that stops her in her tracks for oh, only... Man. Go that's ahead. Like that, that's that sound. It's that same sound. It stops her in her tracks for only a moment. Then she investigates and it looks like she sees a blood-soaked bathtub and she has a flashback to finding Azimoth's corpse before she is startled by George and faints. Yeah. He picks her up and takes her to the bed in an effort to revive her using some perfume or cologne to wake her up. He heads out to find her a doctor and does so in our next clip. At least we let her sleep for a few hours. But what's wrong with her? Uh, nothing physically. Uh, a state of shock. Uh, over-emotional. When I left her, she was perfectly fine. Something must have happened. Uh, something frightening. Well, I'll tell you what you might do. I'll give you the number. Here it is. 
Dr. Arbe, a friend of mine, a top neurologist, you call him. Barcelona is not far away. You could make it in oh, half an hour by car. Thanks, Doctor. Can she be left alone? There's no telephone here, so I'll have to go down to the village. There is no need to worry. She will sleep right on through to this evening. Fine, I'll take you. Oh, don't bother. I know her easy. After this, George hears the bathtub noise and goes to investigate, and it's a leaky radiator, and the red that is coming from it must be some rust-colored water, maybe? Yeah. They cut, they cut from this to a doctor is consulted about Mrs. Ward's mental health and talked into a house call by George. They cut from this to Mrs. Ward wakes up and looks about the room pensively and calls out to George. Did I mention she looks amazing doing it? Because she does. Mm, she always does. I, I, is there anything she doesn't look amazing doing? She gets up and throws on a robe t- to go looking through the villa room to room. She sees some shoes that look bloody and then grabs a metal vase to attack an empty wall because they were just shoes. But you can never be too cautious when a killer is on your trail. You need some shoes. Shoes. She has a paper clips moment when she realizes she was mistaken, and then out of the blue, her dead former lover appears and chloroforms her. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That leads us to our 18th clip. So I brought her with me, hoping that away from Vienna she'd feel better. No idea what happened today. You mentioned blood earlier. Yes, she never told me exactly, but I finally put two and two together. For years she was with this Jean, dominated. Certainly it's true that blood has a strange effect on her. Strange? Excites and repels her at the same time. We see the plan is to kill her with gas as the former lover tapes off the window, making sure to get her fingerprints on the tape. That almost sounds like anybody's kink. It excites them, then disgusts them at the same time. I mean, that's what you call post nut clarity. (laughs) But also, like, part of your kink could also be that you feel ashamed for being into all the kink that you're into, and then you're into the fact that you're ashamed. Yeah, that also could be too. Man, there's just so many kinks out there. The human (laughs) mind is fucking amazing. He gets an ice cube for some reason, and then we see what it is. He uses it to set up the door latch to make it seem that she did this all by herself and latched herself in there. Pretty ingenious. Yeah, that was pretty smart. With the scene set and the latch in place, they cut back to the doctor and Fennec's lover on their way back to her. They cut from this to her heart beating slowly as the gas takes hold. You can kind of hear it. They play it over the track uh, for the speakers for you. Then the car ride to come help her, and then they cut back again to the gas, and then we see Fennec trying to get up to stop the gas, but is too weak and collapses. We then see that her new lover and the doctor arrive and mosey their way to find her as they open the door she is not in the bed and they notice that there is a smell of gas they break in and shut off the gas and then drag her out of the kitchen to try to revive her there is no pulse so they make an emergency call and try to gain a pulse back by doing cpr they cut from this to the police station and our pent ultimate clip senior commissioner Dr. Harvey is here. Bueno, gracias. Senor Ward, let me present Dr. Arbe. He did everything in his power to save your wife. But it was already too late. Estelle insists it wasn't suicide. Julie was desperately afraid of dying. But, Senor Ward, the room was locked and hermetically sealed from the inside. If she stayed with me, she'd be here now. This man's to blame, in my opinion, Commissioner. That's all, Commissioner? Yes, we're through. About the funeral? The body must remain at the disposition of the authorities for several days. We'll tell you when it can be moved. 
torch. You're a little late. I want the money. Weather here is a bit too hot for me. So I guess I'm going to be drinking champagne on the Rio flight at midnight. <laughs> but why are you panicking? In Vienna, no one's expecting you. And no one's even seen you here. If the police learned that sex maniac didn't murder the unfortunate Carol, your alibi is iron clad. I'd break yours either, George, and you had a motive. Even if some Sherlock Holmes discovered what we've managed to pull off together, you're safely out of it. Your passport states that your name is John MacDonald, nationality Canadian. And Julie never knew MacDonald. Your alibis were tight again this time, only. If I'm caught, we're both caught. You won't be caught. Julie Ward was a suicide. I want the money. Very well. But Julie dead, you couldn't bear to live. What a romantic way to go. They cut from this to a train arriving and George exiting the train. He moses his way to the station exit and heads towards a car that is there to pick him up. Turns out that her former husband was in cahoots with her current lover, and that leads to our final clip. They pay yet? They won't. Till the death certificate is registered. Means only a few more days. I spoke to Washington. They managed to stall all my creditors for the time being. And you? I have no problem. With Carol gone, I am the only heir. We must be careful. If they see us together, they might begin wondering why. Well, what do they do? Husband and lover brought together by grief. There's no danger and there never was. I told you that. The best possible time to get rid of anyone is when there's a homicidal maniac on the loose. That made it practical to do each other favors. You got rid of my cousin, and I, in return, eliminated Julie. And of course, that nut got the credit. Even though that idiot got himself killed before our program was completed. Your wife's suicide functioned perfectly. Apropos that, where are our black clothes? I've earned them. There's not a single bit of evidence left. Be a good idea to get rid of these. I burned mine with the rest of the clothes. Why? They are nearly new. <laughs> I hope you appreciated my speech to the commissioner. This man is the one who is to blame. <laughs> and poor old John, how did he take it? In the stomach. He was so stupid. I bet he still doesn't realize that he's dead. <laughs> about the Spanish police? They look for the motive for the suicide of John McDonald. It's important that the insurance company suspects nothing, or else they'll begin stalling. What is there to suspect? Your wife went to Spain and committed suicide while you were miles away. The fact that it was a suicide is now a matter of record. Julie! That's her! I know it is! What are you talking about? I admit I only got a glimpse. It's Julie, all right. If you're going to have hallucinations, you're really in trouble. It was her. I can't be wrong. Turn around. Go back. You're out of your mind. It's a resemblance, that's all. No. How many girls bother hitchhiking once they're buried? 
A resemblance, huh? Supposing you're right. What'll it cost you? Go back and look. We've been tricked. It's over, Julie. Radio for a crane and a crew of fragmen. Fire Department of Criminal Medicine hadn't noticed a difference in technique in the killing of Carol Bind. It wouldn't have reopened the case. And there'd be three more criminals loose in the world. Understand? I'm sorry, but I had no other way of unmasking them, you see. With you, Barry, they felt safe and they gave themselves away. The most important credit goes to Dr. Arby, who saved you. You were his best patient. I am grateful you saved my life. But I still feel dead. All I can promise is that there is no better medicine than time. Julie. <laughs> and roll credits. <laughs> that was an epic, man. 20 clips, writing, all the shit. Jesus. I'll explain why I had so many clips uh, once we're done with the actual review. Uh, uh, it was, I felt like everything that I grabbed was still story worthy. I think so. It was very heavy dialogue and I wanted to show how they were really did a great job of weaving, um, intrigue, mystery, killer, thriller, uh, romance story all together. And like the theme is still there. Like you actually yeah. can buy that they're falling for each other, like for real, you know, oh, I mean? it was, it was an epic story. Uh, it was well-written. Uh, and the intrigue was there for a thriller because again, this is not a horror movie. Uh, this is a thriller. This is like it's you a, know, it's a giallo. It's a it's it's a giallo. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's a thriller. It's it's much like your basic instincts or what. It's a, a sexualized thriller. There you go. Yeah, and thankfully, most of the sex that's in this was actually relatively consensual. And it turns out that Mrs. Ward actually was into violent sex and sex that involved blood. And so, like the slapping around and things, might have been something she was actually into because that's how they played. Uh, that, yeah, that makes it uncomfortable for someone like Matt who just doesn't like to see that sort of thing I, i'm yeah i i don't know man yeah I just it's not one of it's not one of the things yeah which is that's absolutely fine you're not judging somebody if that's what they're into as long uh, as it's no. fully consensual as long as it's fully consensual i don't yeah you yeah, you do what you do as long as it's fully consensual and no one's you know uh, you know do having to do things against their will i'm i i don't care about any of that it's just not for me yeah yeah as long it's not for me dog as long as it's consensual, I'm cool with that too. Uh, but anyway, so the strange vice of Mrs. Ward is not really all that strange. She's just into sadomasochism and also has sort of a blood fetish and see the sight of blood somewhat turns her on. Although they did some weird, like cruel aversion therapy by making her find a fake dead Jean, which if you think about it, her husband was in on it as well. So that's why Jean really wasn't like reported or whatever. She just assumed Jean was dead because they found the body together. And I guess she just left it up to her husband to deal with the police. Yeah, I think so. So that must have been how they anchored that one. <laughs> That's the only thing that I can think of because they just kind of gloss over it and you're so busy with so much other story that you just kind of forget about that till he shows up again at the end completely alive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Until he gets shot anyway. All right. So this is what I feel that this is. I feel like this is a film noir giallo because it fe- I can see that. Yeah. It, it flows completely like a film noir, even that if your bad characters, they don't just go to jail to get punished. They get fucking killed. Yeah. 
Everyone dies. Yeah. Well, all the bad people get punished for their transgressions in this film. Uh, It has that grittiness of a film noir with the detective of like trying to figure out what's going on with Mrs. Ward. It has that um, sort of risque hinting at sleaziness amped up quite a bit with what the vice of Miss Ward actually is. So it does. It feels very much like a film noir, like through a Jallo lens. And I found it very cool for that. I think so. I agree. All right. So are we done talking about the movie so I can now tell everybody my excuses for doing the clips the way that I did it? Yes, please do it. All right. So the show's not going to be on YouTube anymore because we got a copyright strike for clips that were in the film, not for the music or anything like that. But our actual one of our episodes got hit for the clips in the film being in our episode for the audio. Really? Yeah. So we're just dropping us off of YouTube altogether. And um, since that's the case and I don't have to worry as much about it now, I'm just like, hey, fuck you. Booyah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess go to hell. Fuck off, YouTube. <laughs> right, because that's the one where the bots be scrubbing the most, and that was just yeah. kind of the decision that I made. And we had like 30 listens on that particular episode that was a problem. So I just was like, yeah, just let's just get us the fuck off, YouTube. Nobody really listens there anyway. No, I don't think so either. And uh, I love YouTube, but uh, it's starting to get a little painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually ran quite over enough for me to be fully satisfied with how this is going to cut down. So I'm going to drop out uh, the Slayer song Vices and just go right to the ending Legion show promo. And we're going to get you the hell out of here so you can host your superb owl. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> here we go. We're going to play the ending Legion promo. When we come back, we're going to have the discontent with my only vice. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion podcast network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Go Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. We'll be right back.
Holy shit, those lyrics actually fit pretty well for Edward Finnick's character's vice. She will not be taken without a fight. Yeah. <laughs> At least by that creepy motherfucker she was sleeping with. <laughs> right? No shit. <laughs> I feel like a real sleazebag for making that joke, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, fuck it. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to feel like this until the next episode, I suppose. All right. And the uh, previous episodes can be found by Googling Cinema PsyOps because I'm not going to try and do the breath control thing. I really do want to get out of here that fast. Yeah, let's do it. You Google Cinema PsyOps, that should give you our Legion and launching and or landing page, which is also legionpodcast.com. And you can find us there by searching for Cinema PsyOps. Uh, there is basically our Instagram repository, which I am going to close down the workday postings for a little bit. Uh, things are getting kind of busy and hectic, and I'm having a hard time spending any time looking for memes. So Cinema underscore PsyOps is the current meme repository, which may or may not open up again. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out as we get there. Yeah, we'll go. I mean, we're working on things. I still find time to share things into the Facebook group of Cinema PsyOps because let's face it, that's where I get the most uh, response from everything that I post. So I think I'm just going to go directly to the group there from now on. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Some stuff in the Discord chat as well. And I'm there on Facebook as Court PsyOps. Well, while you're out there wondering what the fuck is going on, and if Court is going to keep doing this show because it really <laughs> sounds like he's fucking burned out. Yeah, he's just burning out. He's burning out. Don't worry. At least you don't have to do notes next week. You're fine. <laughs> just relax, everyone, but also kick the fuck out of this week and make it your pitch. working on the music so uh, i just set it up to where you can record locally on this meeting okay. as well so should i track. try with the settings real quick to limit some shit uh yeah i would say um whatever the noise reduction is if you just have it at low but you don't have it set to the, the musician things just move it up or wrong and let's see and as we go we'll see what eliminates the best noise all right hold on let me get it uh the actual app open here yeah take your time i'm recording on my side so i'll capture all this stuff for the episode and truth be told i'm kind of only right now just doing the music for the show, so. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to squeeze in that egg bake brunch with my wife before we did this, so thanks for it was per It was actually perfect for me. I'm so ahead of the game for the Super Bowl. Uh, now I have, I actually have my grill and my smoker both set up. All I got to do is light them now. And nice. Usually I have to clean them out and shit and all that, so. No, you gave me some time. All I got to do now is prep chicken and I'm fucking set. Sweet. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that this recording wouldn't interfere with you guys hosting the superb owl. The superb owl. All right. That's a big honor for you to be able to host such a superb owl. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right?
What is my email address? <laughs> Matt Syop at gmail.com. Is it Matt Syop? Okay. I so. uh, sometimes I get confused because some other times I set up as Syop Matt. So okay. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get a link that we can reuse, but I don't think Zoom does that anymore. Unless you have yeah, a mailing ID not. and call me directly. Because you know why? They're pieces of shit. <laughs> Actually, they're a lot better than Skype. <laughs> oh, that's also true. Skype's also a piece of shit. Yeah, that wouldn't be how you spell my name at all. <laughs> Everybody knows you're Tommy Callahan anyway. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it didn't go over as well as I thought it would when I did that. Yeah, <laughs> we can do. They, they can't all be winners. I know I'm not. I've, I'm definitely not. This one time in band camp. <laughs> you put a whole flute in your pussy? Yeah, good times. <laughs> Pretty much all band camp was was just a bunch of crazy sex. Uh, that uh, I hear that in theater. I hear I hear that's that's kind of the whole thing between bands, uh, band and theater. Uh, uh, the shit went down. And of course, I was in band and quit right before high school when apparently it gets crazy. So there's the luck of Matt Psyop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I leave bad when it stops being nerds. It starts being just weird kids doing weird shit. And I'm like, well, that probably would have been fun, but oh well, I'm fine. Weird Everything's stuff. fine. Butt stuff. <laughs> Butt stuff. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's all, it's all fine. I'm sure I didn't miss anything. Didn't want to have crazy sex with a bunch of different people anyway. No, yeah, I, I totally preferred being in my room constantly playing PlayStation. That was way more fun than anything else you're talking about. You get those settings squared away? I'm doing it, yeah. Uh, yeah, shut up. Ow, rude. Fine, not you. All right. I have it on low. Yeah, move it up to medium. Medium. All right, it is there. All right, let's go ahead and record and let's see how that uh, works. Recording in progress. <laughs> nice. I am recording now. <laughs> I, heard. I don't even have to do the clap thing. No, you do. You still do because I have to sync it oh. up. So, yes, count and clap. One, one two, three. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have I, to. I, I seriously don't think I have to. You just like me doing it. Uh, no, because I'm using the recording from my Tascam for me and your local recording for you. Uh, oh, okay. I don't like the way it sounds um, with the aux send that I'm using going to Zoom. Like, you can hear it. It sounds fine for you. It's fine. Yeah. We can communicate. But the overall recording from that doesn't sound great to me uh, because I'm using the auxiliary send and it goes through and misses some of the processing that my all my all my rack mounts have set up. So it's essentially this. I thought that using Zoom would mean that I could get rid of my rack mount, but the truth of the matter is I'm such an audio fanatic that I still am probably going to need my rack mount, but I'm just going to be able to pair some things down now. <laughs> I got you. It's very hard to try to realize to get rid of things. I want to get high, and I want to do this fucking yeah. show and get it over with. Let's get the show out of the way. I got chicken to cook, goddammit. Right. You got a superb owl to host. I have a superb owl. Brats to bathe in beer. <laughs> chicken to smoke. It's important. Okay, well, if you settle down, we can do this now. Here we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm jacked up. I'm out and do. You hear that, I assume. Yes. Cool. You hear my butt, I assume. <laughs> Every time you talk. <laughs> Classic. All of this is drowned out by the noise of a landing plane because they went and hid by the uh, airport. That's a pretty good place to well, go to your hiding is around the airport. Well, that's how you know it's romantic because uh, you're given that's pretty much dinner in a show. And <laughs> if you really want to be romantic, you turn on the cabin light and that's like candlelight. So you get a double quarter pounder with cheese for the lady because you have to be a gentleman. And then you go and you watch planes. It's fine. Fine. It's a great day. All right. That's going to have to be an outtake. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Wait, no. Sorry, wrong one. I didn't mark where I should have been. That's a fucking great outtake. Three, two, one.
We should oh, be this grateful. is like five minutes. He's eliminating I'm going to have a sweatshirt and be back. Uh, I'm going to head to the bathroom real quick. Okay. I don't know if you are, but I'm back. If you like okay, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Had to find my Godzilla slippers. It's fucking right freezing back. down here. <laughs> Cops are old dumbling bummies. Dummies. <laughs> dumbling uh, bummies. Dumb bumbling dummies. And the death that's around her. She is awoken. Yeah. <laughs> In our next clip. Are you kidding me? We're on 17. We're almost there. wondering what the fuck is going on and of course is going to keep doing this show because it really sounds like he's fucking burned out yeah he's just burning out he's burning out don't worry at least you don't have to do notes next week you're fine <laughs> just relax everyone but also kick the fuck out of this week and make it your pitch <laughs> all, right. all right i am stopping recording recording stopped